listening to the Ed Reach Network. Ed Gamer, episode 94 on Ed Reach. Kahoot! Kahoot! Hoot! This is Ed Gamer for Saturday, March 30th, 2013. Ed Gamer is part of the EdReach Network, edreach.us, giving education a voice. A big voice. Yay. <laughs> kind of nice, smooth, almost like James Bondish. <laughs> that was. You know, thing going there. Okay. This show is dedicated to education gaming on any platform. We will give you the education angle on any type of games, ranging from tabletops to MMOs. We will discuss how these games impact student learning and how they can be used effectively within the classroom. I'm Zach. And I'm Jerry. And I'm Jamie. Jamie? My name Who are you? Oh, sorry. <laughs> That's all right. Who are you? My name is Jamie Brooker, co-founder and lead designer of Kahoot. Awesome. Jerry? My name is Jerry James, and I'm a visual arts teacher in Schaumburg, Illinois. And my name is Zach Gilbert, and I'm your host. I'm a sixth-grade social studies language arts teacher from Normal, Illinois. Jerry? Yeah? How was the trip down to uh, Champana? The, the trip down was fine. It was the uh, the trip back. Actually, we got lucky. We, we kind of went around the snow, because that night we uh, we were... It was pretty well snowed in. We opened the door. There was, yeah, I think they ended up getting between like 10 to 12 inches. My mother-in-law left in her tiny little Mitsubishi Eclipse <laughs> spider thing. I, to be honest with you. Rear wheel? Isn't that rear wheel? I, I don't know. I don't know how she got home. It's it's an absolute miracle. We left the next day and uh, it was like the walking dead. Like there were just like cars all over. We counted 15 cars in the first like three minutes, you know, all in the ditch of the expressway. And they, there were so many, they were tying yellow tape and orange tape around the mirrors just so they know that they had been there and gotten the people out, you know, because so That's... many new cars were flying into the ditch. It was it was wild. Yeah. You guys do not it's have a... the best plowing system down south. So. What are you talking about? That would have been cleaned up in like 20 minutes in the suburbs. It would be like... No problem okay. whatsoever. Okay. Well, the problem is in in the suburbs, uh, there's not as much blowing snow going on, Jerry. Yeah, we we're planned out in the that. middle of. We planned that. <laughs> yes, you blocked it all <laughs> with large buildings. Yes. No, it's when you get that wind blowing out in the open plains, uh, it's yeah, it's very difficult. There's no point in actually plowing it because by the time you plow it, it it's right. covered back up. Yeah, when I used to live in DeKalb, we had that problem frequently. Yeah. So, okay, so you can apologize to the plow drivers of the state of Illinois. You, you, you guys should go to the UK during snow. Yeah? Uh, yeah. Uh, I would say your conditions are a bit more extreme, but uh, the whole country pretty much stops after about uh, half a day. Oh, man. Wow. It sounds like uh, the southern part of the United States where <laughs> there's the threat of snow and everything shuts down. Yeah. <laughs> Because, you know, a town of uh, 150,000 only has one plow truck. So, you know, that happens in the South. They're just like, we just don't, they don't spend money on it. They just don't, they don't need it. Uh, yeah, so what, what I mentioned before, uh, Shambana, you know, Champaign-Urbana. So those people are like, what town is that? They're looking it up. You know, Shambana, Illinois, what's that all about? So, yeah, it, that's Champaign-Urbana. So I told Jerry because he was supposed to, he was coming down, down south, and I said, you might want to look at the weather because it, it got pretty bad. It did. Uh, the forecasters got it a little bit wrong, too, because a local forecaster was saying, ah, we'll just get three to five inches. And, yeah, it just kept on snowing and snowing and snowing. And we ended up with nine inches of snow in Bloomington Normal. I want to be a weatherman. I just I want a job where I can be wrong all the time and still have my job. 
they're not wrong all the time. They're wrong pretty much all the time. Do you oh. know who's right all the time? The guy that does the weather in San Diego. He always says, ah, it's going to be about 75 and sunny today. Yeah, yeah. Where Except when he, yeah, okay, Jerry. <laughs> so, so we had all the snow, and uh, I haven't mentioned this we, you know, in our pre-talk you know, talk before the show, but um, I've got uh, a lot of Advil in me right now and uh, some type of cream that's on my, my back. I really <laughs> hurt my back from, you know, blowing the snow, you know, using the – now, you might say shoveling would be hard. I shoveled and used the snowblower, but it was a heavy snow. It was a very heavy snow. That and it's – they they call it heart attack snow because people go out and try to shovel this stuff, and it's just so heavy. Um, and, you know, people have heart attacks, so you got to be careful. So the only thing that happened to me is that I'm in pain. You threw and, your back uh, out. It did. It's 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 hurting. Uh, At any you got that point, cream that gets hot and cold. You call that beignet. Yeah, I wanted you to say that, Thank but you. okay. So um, no, it's it's not a fun feeling. Did you lose the dog at any point in time? Did you like let <laughs> the, dog go, the, the dog goes? The dog goes out there and just kind of blends in. <laughs> I think what, that's when it, it gets most the most rabbits because it blends into sure. the landscape. It's, it's camouflage. A ninja in the night. Right, right. Sneaks up, and but the problem is with the my dog, the it gets stuck in the fur. Fluff and fury. Yeah, fluff and fury. Okay, Jamie's had enough of that. So, <laughs> uh, so last night I was down at Eastern Illinois, Eastern Illinois University, visited my uh, alma mater, had some of, uh, some people call it pagli ice, but uh, pagli ice pizza. Uh, pagli ice. It, it's it's. It's still awesome. And I told him that when I left. I said, you know, it's been, what, since 1995 since I've had a pizza from here, and it tastes the same. And the girl's just like, we haven't changed a darn thing <laughs> with the recipe or anything. And it was just like, yeah, it's it was it was amazing. So they, uh, the people from the, the national – it's the NSTA chapter, the National Science Teachers Association uh, chapter at Eastern. Uh, they took me out to dinner, so that was very nice of them and, and – and Ursula and Dr. Uh, Katie and and Kara, that was a wonderful dinner. Thank you for having me down there. And you know, it was realization. I feel kind of bad because there was. I got to change my presentation, Jerry, because it's the one we did at Gen Con, mm-hmm. and I I've got to change it up because I think we have. This is kind of Jamie. Just to let you know, this is mm-hmm. kind of our learning. This is kind of our professional learning community. Okay. You know, we have learned so much in the last you know two years. And it just kind of builds and builds and builds. And it's to the point where we could probably talk about this for about 10 hours, you know, straight. Or me and then Jerry trying to say, just be quiet. <laughs> because that's, you know. But it's one of those things that I, I think I was all over the place. So I apologize to them. I, I feel bad. But I'm going to send them some great links. And uh, one of the things that I, I discussed at the end of this wonderful presentation was Kahoot. And it went over very well last week in my classroom. And we talked a little bit about it on the podcast last week. And it went very well last night. And the students that were involved in my little demonstration of Kahoot uh, thoroughly enjoyed it. And that's why we have this wonderful person with us today. And that's Jamie. So, Jamie, what, what, does, what, is, what is the background of Kahoot? What does it do? Uh, well, thanks for having me. Um, so the background of Kahoot, it... It was originally a, a project back in 2005 that came out of the Norwegian University of Technology and Science. Um, Professor Alfinger Wang 
um, who is our sort of educator in residence um, that works with us. Um, he um, sat in a cinema and thought, how can we pass time by rather than watching adverts? Um, can we use our mobile devices to play games together? Um, back in 2005, we didn't really have smartphones. We didn't have very good Wi-Fi. Um, and it was kind of put on hold for a bit. A couple of years ago, they engaged with myself and my business partner, Johan. We own a, a user experience behavior design company in London. Um, we have a strong passion for kind of education products. Um, and they said, we think time's right to try and make this thing happen. So um, Kahoot was born. Um, Kahoot is a, um, so it's a joint venture between us and the university. Um, and it's a web-based platform um, which creates a learning space, either inside your classroom or actually outside the classroom. Um, and, and it does that by enabling uh, real-time multiplayer game-based learning um, through the use of smart devices or, or laptops, any device with a web browser. So you mean to tell me, so when I go to the movie theater, you're the guy that, no. <laughs> you, no, I don't know. I, I know here in the, in the States, uh, I can go into a movie theater, and of course, there's all these advertisements and, and things that are happening before the movie. Yep. And they say, hey, you know, text your answer or go to this site, and then you're answering questions as you're, uh, as you're sitting there watching these yeah, commercials, I mean, which we, is so much fun. We, um, that was kind of the, we spent time exploring the technology and uh, kind of the concept of lots of people in one space where technology is the kind of the conduit to, to the social experience that happens there in the same physical location. Um, and cinemas is a great one because you have lots of people kind of sitting around idle. Um, but to be honest, that wasn't really kind of where our passion lied because that, that kind of sits in with ad advertising, really. Yes, yes, um, it does. <laughs> and that's not what we want to do. Um, so That's good. I, I thank you for that. <laughs> um, and, and the cool thing is that when um, Al Finger was exploring this technology at the university, he also developed a product called Lecture Quiz at the same time, which used exactly the same technology and concept, but within his lecture theatre. It was a way of having, he has up to 500 students in, in a lecture at a time. And it's an incredible, incredible challenge to have every single one of them focused on what you're doing. Um, and so he devised Lecture Quiz, which is essentially turns the uh, lecture theatre into a game show. He would present questions onto the screen and students would answer back um, on their smart devices. And uh, Jerry, and you've been, you know, you're up at Northern, mm -hmm. um, you know, I have Illinois State University right here, and I know that some students talk about, um, and I don't know if you've seen these, Jamie, or not, where they sign up for a class and they have a specific, it's a tool or like a remote control that they have to buy yeah. in order to take that class. Yep. Um, and I think that's kind of gone by the wayside because of smartphones and smart devices. Uh, but I think if I'm reading you right, most of those are just straight, strict question and answer. Exactly. There's nothing fancy to it. There's nothing. It doesn't have that game feel to it. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's uh, a lot of the time when we talk about it, um, people are like, oh, yeah, it's like those clickers you use in the classroom. Or um, it's like th this software, which, you know, I won't name any names, but as the, the, the concept of 
um, devices all kind of connected together and you can maybe answer questions. But what um, what we feel is different about Kahoot and kind of from our usage so far, people absolutely love is the fact that it's a game. You 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 enter the game by entering a nickname and that that in itself is is fun, particularly for kind of younger learners. Um, is you got to be careful sometimes, though. You do. Uh, <laughs> You have to be very careful. <laughs> I mean, the first time I went into the school to watch it, it was a, I, I say it was a bit of a shock. Some of the, let's say, how inventive their names are. Um, <laughs> yes. But well, we we've put in profanity filters and stuff now, and it's actually quite funny because any 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 rude word that's used is is replaced with a random word. But that that <laughs> that awesome. I, I love it. But that that's that's really powerful. Something as simple as entering a nickname on your phone and then seeing that appear on the screen at the front of the classroom that you're sitting in there's something uh, quite magical magical just about that because it's it's the real time nature of it and we and we're not used to products like that just yet well and okay and as I had a uh, a crazy week last week especially the week before spring break and Jamie and I were, were sending emails back and forth and I'm sure he's going okay I don't know if I want this uh guy using my program because I kept on messing up on how it was used. <laughs> no, 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 need, no, no, no need to laugh there, Jerry. <laughs> he, he knows me too well, Jamie, so it, it's all good. But it, I think it was, I think it was good for me to see because I was anticipating using this, having this on my iPad exactly, and everybody else seeing the questions on their device, whether it's a computer or an iPad and the, all they, all they could see were the blocks. And I'm like, what's going on? What, you know, what, what's happening here? And then, then it, once you explained it, it dawned on me uh, how well, you know, if I had this um, just set up to where they could all see it on their devices and such, they would be it would be such a closed um, multiplayer environment. They wouldn't really be interacting with each other because they'd be so focused on that device. Exactly. What you've done is you put it up on the I can put it up on the smart board. They see the question. And I think one of the genius parts of it is that there's the question, and then it's associated with a shape. So what are the shapes, Jamie? Uh, funnily enough, the shapes are changing. <laughs> oh, <laughs> okay. So right now, there, what it was, it was like there was a circle, there was a triangle. It's um, my PlayStation at the moment. Yeah, yeah. So it's So you had those, and that's all the kids could see on their device. So they had to read the question up front. They had to, you know, be able to see it. And then they would associate that with the shape, and then they would go to the device and click on just the shape. Um, I'm guessing there's some science involved there. Um, yeah, I don't know if that was there was a reason behind that. Yeah, I mean there there is a big reason uh, why why we don't show anything other than the kind of the recognition between the colors and the shapes is is because it's about this. Um, like I mentioned earlier, it's about bringing the social experience to the physical location. When we talk about web technologies and we talk about social, we're often talking about social media. So we're, we're talking about sharing and, and, and uh, mechanisms like that. But that's still the one person to their device. They're still not physically interacting with people. And the idea with Kahoot is that, so they, they log in, they see their nicknames up there and the teacher then launches the quiz to them. And it's a it's an automated process that all happens in real time, and so it displays the first question, and then they get the 
the related picture or video appears with their four potential answers. And on their device, all they can see, as you say, is the four options, which are blocks of color with the shape. And that's just about being able to very quickly recognize stuff without making them too focused or focused at all on them and their device. It's, it's meant to bring the experience to a more kind of physical, social experience. And in, and I've seen that. And the two times that I've done this, it's, it, I don't know how to explain it. It's like uh, um, uh, added a little sugar or a little stimulant to the classroom. Yeah. Uh, where movements by the, the students and even teachers, you know, they get excited. They see the question. They see the shapes and the colors. They look down on the device. They're tapping it as quickly as possible. Well, you know, and because, also, you know what is, um, sorry to interrupt you, you know what is, it, it, it sounds kind of really, really simple, and it is that simple. What What kind of brings that experience to life is two things, really. There is a timer. So the quicker yes. you answer a question correctly, the more points you get. Correct. There is music. And it's amazing being in a classroom and observing people using this product, really anxious to answer correctly, trying to think through what is the right answer. But at the same time, they're dancing to the music. Their heads are <laughs> yeah. Now, did I miss something? Because I didn't, I didn't have music. Or did I just not have something on? You know, uh, that's interesting. That's, uh, I know why that is, because you launched it from an iPad, did you say? Uh, I did the and uh, well it was that was in one at one time but then I had it on the smart board and put it up no you know what I did have it through the iPad yeah there's, because I, um, there's an Apple kind of stuff we're trying to work around it but it's to do okay. with because they think you might be trying to stream music so they automatically don't play it straight. oh um, so they automatically think it's evil <laughs> yes yes pretty much okay. <laughs> But you did actually bring up a, a, a really important point there. The fact that you played it from your iPad, kind of, we we developed it as a web-based platform. It can be accessed from any device that has a web browser, and that's both the side that you're talking about, which is the the creating of the quiz and launching that to your class, and then the other side, which is the students who log in through their their smart devices or their laptops, basically any device with a web browser, and that kind of inclusivity is a very big deal for us. So I so what I did to explain because some people are like hold it he had it on his iPad it was on the smartboard so I'm sure there's some schools out there and we were testing this out we're a little bit behind the curve but I have a way to stream my iPad wirelessly to um, the smart smartboard through my computer on the smartboard it's not using Apple TV it's something else but that can be discussed another time that's a new one but, for us, <laughs> what's that that's a new one for us so it's good to hear. Yeah, so it's uh, it's one of those things that I, th I think if I played it from my computer that is attached to the smart board, then I should hear some type of music. Now, the students don't hear that on their device. It's only on the device that's presenting it. Exactly. So if your device is plugged into um, speakers, for example, which happens when we do it on larger scales in, in 500 people lecture theaters or, or sometimes we do it at events, then you have this surround sound music and and people it that along with the clock ticking down and it makes a noise when you answer and when the question finishes there's like a gong noise all that stuff really adds to the game elements which kind of add to the motivational factor 
Wow, that could be a little bit too much stimulant for my class because they were pretty wild as it was. And that was without the music and the gong and the ticking. So this could be, we might have to simmer it down a little. No, we'll, we'll try it out and see see what the results are. But, but maybe, uh, I should, um, uh, maybe I should talk about kind of the benefits from a teaching perspective as well. Yeah. Um, because it, I'd say firstly, like the initial, the initial idea behind it was this engagement idea how do you how do you get a whole classroom of people focused on the same same thing essentially focus on your content and maybe maybe as a teacher you're frustrated with delivering content in the more traditional ways through powerpoint or textbooks um and so teachers we're finding will mainly probably launch a game of kahoot uh, maybe at the beginning of the class to um assess um the, the current knowledge of their their students of perhaps the the topic they're about to teach so they can kind of adapt their teaching uh, based on where they're seeing their the current knowledge levels are or they might launch again mid-class where they've already started teaching uh, a topic and they can assess how how well they've kind of taken that in and, and understood it and then again they can adapt their teaching from there to um, to kind of tailor tailor it specifically for the individuals, or finally they could play it at the end of a class when um, when they've they've taught a whole a whole new new topic or something, and it, it's a really great way of assessing at that point what is the current knowledge set of their their pupils in the classroom. Now, Jerry and I have talked about this, you know, for. We can say it now, Jerry. Years. <laughs> you know, just kind of, uh, yeah. So, you know, the one the one term that comes up, and I'm sure some people are thinking this, is called chocolate-covered broccoli. So it's it's using a kind of a lower-level question, yep. especially with multiple choice, mm-hmm. and you're kind of adding a game element to it. And, you know, I can speak on many different levels. It's it's not bad to use multiple choice questions, yep. it, but that's you're just getting basic knowledge. As a teacher, it's called formative a, a assessment. Yep. I'm gaining knowledge from what you know. That's not a bad thing, yep. but it has to build up from there. And it, you've mentioned a way that instead of having it just be the me creating these, what what's another way that can raise that yeah. level of, of knowledge? I mean, we, we've... we've uh, thought long and hard about this because I, I totally agree with what what you're saying there, and and we've devised the Kahoot pedagogy around what we say is taking turning learners into leaders and taking them on this journey. So what would typically typically happen in that scenario is is actually so a teacher's played a quiz with their students, assessed where they are at that particular point. Students have been engaged. But what becomes really powerful is when the teacher then challenges the students to create their own quizzes Um, because the platform is really about awesome content and that awesome content can come from teachers, it can come from students or it can even come from, you know, curriculum providers. And the amazing thing about students creating their own quizzes is they, they go away, they might do it in groups around their iPad or they might do it individually as homework or they might do it in their study groups outside of the classroom. And they go away, they research, they they gradually become build up their expertise in specific topics um, and then they turn all of that research and they gather you know imagery from around the web, videos, 
um, all this different information, and they turn that into a quiz. And we have this kind of very simple drag and drop um, quiz creation tool. Or if you do it on a tablet device, um, you know you can take photos and embed them directly into a quiz. And the powerful thing with um, with that is that is is actually it's quite a challenge to think of wrong answers. So in a multiple choice setting that you're talking about, it's, it's as much value to the students learning to think of the wrong answers as it is to the right answer from several right. perspectives because it's really reaffirming what the, the right answer is, but it's also, it's also making them think how people might think of that, that particular topic in different ways and how can they actually turn that quiz into a, a, a more playful challenge by thinking of similar answers, which really gets people's brains thinking, actually, what is the right answer, if that I'm makes glad, sense. Yeah. yeah, I'm glad you guys, you know, do that and you use that and promote that because I think that's one of the turning points of games in general right now is exactly. students are getting, you know, tired of, of just playing games. They want to create. You know, and so mm -hmm. any game that you can create in now becomes that much more powerful of a game, especially a learning game. I mean, I fully agree. And, and one of the, the, the really cool things that we're seeing is that all of a sudden they're playing games with their parents at home. And, and it's, mm -hmm. it's a great way for parents to get involved in their in their 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 child's learning. But, you know, without it being too formal, because, you know, often parents are maybe maybe even a little bit scared about uh, about. Um, what their their children are being taught because they've forgotten what it was themselves, and, right? And and by actually playing games, they're probably used to losing games against their children. <laughs> not me. I, I'm not a parent, so I can't say. <laughs> <laughs> Going down, girls. Yes. <laughs> but uh, you know, it's, it's little things like that, or they're playing study groups with their friends. That um, is really kind of re-emphasizing this full pedagogy that we're talking about which isn't just about consuming content it's about creating it and sharing it as well so how okay so I, I love the idea of the students creating because that is I mean when you teach when you are guiding people to certain knowledge that is one of the highest levels of, of learning yep and when you can take that and then understanding and then going through with them because students create a quiz yep they have the answers, but some of the answers are just way off, and then you can discuss with them. Well, why do you think teachers create the answers they, you know, or put the answers in there that they do? And we, that leads to a whole new discussion. So you're not only assessing just on the question and the correct answer, you're also taking it further and, and uh, trying to see what other answers they are coming up with. And that that is a wonderful. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. And and also and. Um, and we want students to be rewarded for creating great content and that, you know, those rewards can come from the teacher assessing the quiz. And, and you can actually, you can tell how good a quiz is quite often from just from playing it in the classroom. You don't need to sit through and like and read through all the questions just by you can actually kind of get a feeling for it by how much people are enjoying it. So that's the kind of the fun factor. But you can also see, you can also assess it from an educational value perspective, which is what we're talking about here with the um, the thinking up the, the wrong answers as well as the right answers. And you can also just see how deep they've got into the topic that you've set them as well by the types of questions that they're asking. Definitely, definitely. So you have individuals creating, you have groups creating. And if we kind of, 
I don't know if we've fully gotten into that. And then uh, databases. So we have all these quizzes that people are creating. Yeah. How are are people going to have access to that? Yeah. So um, actually, at the end of this week, I think we're going to be pushing some new new stuff live, um, which is all around kind of the public quizzes. So because Kahoot is it's really a, a platform for awesome content. So the idea that you can browse quizzes created by teachers in even in different countries, because we know that teachers outside of the, the classroom, they don't necessarily have the time to go creating all of these quizzes. Um, and, and, and also, what's the point in, in duplicating content? If, hmm. if you have a teacher based where you guys are, um, and then a teacher based where I am, and they're both teaching the same subject, why don't they right. just share the quizzes rather than spending you know, time, their own precious time, creating exactly the same things? So we're building up this, this platform, which is all about the sharing of this content. Um, and also, this is where kind of student content can fit in. That student content might be within closed areas. So if you don't want your student quizzes to be right. shared outside of your school, we, we totally appreciate that. Um, and, and also, I mean, it should be said that uh, the product is is being used in schools and universities. It's even being used in uh, corporate education um, for actually training employees. Um, and that's another that's a whole other thing that we won't talk about now. But um, you know, lots of people have private content that they they want to kind of keep secured. So there's there's multiple levels of how how the the quizzes can be accessed. Well, and that's professional. I mean, we have that. We have our professional development as educators. Yep. So there's that would fit into that category. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you 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 want your some of your content is very private. There's only certain people you want to share it with, and we're building those kind of functions to do that within the platform. So now groups. What I guess what's the function of of groups? I have. Uh, would that be a classroom? Could that be a school? It can really be what you want. I mean, we're, we're still exploring this. Uh, I, I'm not sure whether we've actually mentioned yet that we are, we're still in private beta. And, and one of the exciting things that we're learning from our current users is the way that they're kind of sharing within their immediate group. So sharing with colleagues and they're kind of working with each other to say that you create this quiz and I'll create this one, then we'll just swap over and use it in our in our respective classes. Um, and the idea with groups is that teachers can, they can kind of manage and track um, their groups of quizzes. So it could be if they teach multiple subjects or they teach multiple year groups, which are obviously different ability levels, they can manage their quizzes like that. And also they can manage their students as well. So if they've got students creating quizzes and they want like a, a way of um, kind of understanding and, and just quickly being able to very quickly access it, then then they can create groups based on their classes, for example, as you say. I was also thinking, Jerry, because, you know, I, I'm even though Jerry thinks that I don't appreciate Where's him sometimes. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, you know, I do. I do, Jerry. I, I thoroughly appreciate. You. But here's here's the thing. I'm always thinking about how does this impact you? And um, you know, I was thinking, okay, you could do some basic quizzes. You could share between art teachers within your district. Yep. Um, but I'm almost I'm also I'm 
I'm also thinking of a way to where you could have pictures, you could take pictures of artwork, mm -hmm. you could have videos of artwork, Absolutely. and then ask questions based upon that, and then take it further to where the kids are doing this. Yeah, They're looking at different pieces. Yeah, that's something we always strive to do, is try to find a medium to get get things off of paper where you can you know explore them visually yep. on a screen or things like that and then reply to them so yeah that's that sounds like something to be right up i mean that, that is a behavior we're already seeing probably not to the kind of the the artworks not to the level that you <laughs> you're used to but people are doing you know small little doodles and stuff to illustrate a point and and that can be just as powerful as finding a relevant yeah. photo from google yeah. Um, and and the cool thing is if you create a quiz on on one of your smart devices you can just take a picture and embed it directly into that question from there that's Ooh. awesome with the ipads jerry yeah yeah okay. next yeah, year he's getting yeah. ipads yeah. <laughs> so kids could oh that's awesome I, i'm there's so many different possibilities there is i mean so, and also like um it we we see it as a as a platform for these kind of social and playful experiences which are all centered around knowledge the creating of knowledge and sharing of knowledge and and so the quiz is just kind of one one thing where eventually we want to see you know polling can you ask quick opinion questions to facilitate debate in your classroom can you take attendance with kahoot because it's a more playful fun way for people to kind of check into right. your class or could you create games which are based around more specific subjects like coding or spelling for younger people or mathematics, etc. One thing that I just came up with, and I'm sure somebody else has come up with this, <laughs> but the creating a presentation within Kahoot, and then not every slide, I guess, would be a question, but yes. you could kind of integrate that within. Absolutely. Um, that is something that has cropped up. Uh, several times because you can think about you know you could have like a warm-up for example to get mm -hmm. people in in into it a bit or you could you might just you might be playing a game but you actually just want to facilitate a debate in the middle of the game or you want to you want you might have asked a question around a, a topic and but you need to explain it further and you want to explain that after you've understood where where your students current understanding of that is so yeah I think that's a great idea yeah, so I'm not the first one to come up with that. You're not, but uh, <laughs> the more people geez. that do come up with it, the, the more validation for the idea. So. <laughs> no laughing, Jerry. Come on. Um, hey, so the databases, okay, so we talked about that, the groups. Now, the one thing that surprised me yep. and uh, when we finished the quiz is that it's like, hey, do you want to run a report of this? And I'm like, uh, yeah, that's cool. So <laughs> I clicked on reports, and then I was able to get that into Excel. And, and and work that out. Yep. And it was it was basic, but I, I had a I have a feeling that that's going to grow a little bit too. Yeah, you're absolutely right. I mean, this is one of our big focuses at the moment is data, um, because we I mean we've spoke the amount of teachers we've spoken to about this, and there's going to be so much value in in being able to track the understanding of your of your students. So at the moment, it's really really basic. Mm -hmm. It is a button that downloads. Uh, Excel, you can see the names of all your students and you can see what they've answered for each question, which is is very beneficial in itself. Um, but we want we want people to and you can use that for kind of adapting your teaching there and then and just an understanding of that topic. But then what we want is for 
um, teachers to get an understanding of, of their students' knowledge levels over time and to kind of be able to track, you know, knowledge improving or it might, it might not be improving and how can you then adapt your longer-term teaching based around you know, those sort of you, things. I'm sorry. You, you know this is – it's going to grow because um, especially with Common Core standards and yep. such – to where you could tag them and see how they are do uh, how how each student is doing compared to a specific standard. Yeah, exactly. Um, this the Common Core thing was um, I was at South by Southwest EDU. Um, we spent a good few weeks in the states, not so long ago, and that was something which was obviously cropping up quite a bit. Um, and I know different people have different thoughts around around the benefits of it. <laughs> <laughs> yes. It is the game we are playing, whether we like it or not, and there's there's good and bad to it, but it's it's something that you know, in in general, knowing and categorizing what is is taught yep. uh, in social studies and I, I teach social studies and then reading and writing, you know, that's not a bad thing. No. I mean it I'd rather give which is what's that? It gives you a benchmark for yes. kind of, you know, you can then say, if if you're if you're tracking data of your students over time and seeing their performance and and also their engagement, it's not just about performance. Um, it's a way of of understanding their behaviors and 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 how, you know, a, a smart device and a, a game like Kahoot gives you a platform to engage without not necessarily speaking. <laughs> Some people are very shy, for example, mm-hmm. and they're still engaging. They're still in the at the background. They're still playing along, and it's a different way of doing that. And and through the data that we're creating, you can actually assess engagement within your teaching as much as you can assess performance within your teaching. Yes, and it's it's my job as a teacher because you know I've used clickers before in the classroom. Yep. Um, nothing like this, but it's it's still I think this has far more potential than what I've used in the past. But it is it is one of those things to build the confidence of those students and sh- show them, you know, I've got data to show, hey, you're doing really well in these questions. There's no reason why you can't speak up, uh, you know, in class during discussions. Shall I tell yeah. you my uh, my favorite story? So Yes, go ahead. Um, it, it, was, it was kind of just an, uh, an email from one of the teachers using um, Kahoot in a, a year nine class. So I don't know what the equivalent is in the States, but it's... Um, Probably like freshmen, 12 like 14, 15. Old. Yes. Around. Oh, so eighth grade, yeah. Um, and and she emailed us. She's like, I need, I need to tell you this because it was, it was an, an amazing moment. Um, the, there's a girl in the class who who she described as the kind of, let's say, one of the shyest and least engaged um, pupils in that whole year group. Um, she, she rarely puts her hand up to engage within classroom debate. Um, and to answer questions and you know it's very hard to tell actually how engaged and how much she's enjoying it um anyway she was quietly playing kahoot they have ipads in their classroom um they got to the last question and she won and apparently she there's a big smile on her face and she said i've never won anything before and took a photo of her name up in big letters on the screen <laughs> of the class there you are the so cool and you know it's, it's little things like that you realize how much benefit this can have yes because it's That's... just about learning it's about engagement and and, and making again everyone involved is inclusive in that respect that is awesome 
Very cool. That is, did you get a picture of it? Um, did you send the picture? No, I could probably get hold of it. <laughs> yeah, you probably just have that like in your, you know, office or whatever, somewhere. Just pull it up, you know. It's like that is that's a really cool story. Yeah, I mean, very. You cool. know, when you hear stories like that, that's that's the reason. Yeah, it? it's making a difference. You you're making a difference. Uh, Hopefully, Cahoots making a difference. Yeah. Well, and like I said, I've I've seen just little glimmers in just the two times I've used it, but uh, I'm even more excited to use it. One last thing here, because uh, well, two more things, but. There was an incident um, at the beginning of this school year within my community where, uh, you know, a very bad incident, a kid bringing a, a, a gun to school. And one of the things that came out of this incident, so this, yeah, so we, I turned it real quick there, didn't I, Jamie? Yeah, I was. Uh, <laughs> yeah, just you're like, what in the Need world? Mr. Downer. Okay. Jeez. Yeah, no, but it, this is, and it's happening not bringing guns, but this this concept that I'm going to talk about is is, is happening and sprouting up all over uh, this country, and I think I think you mentioned too, Jamie, that's happening over there, to where parents were concerned that students, uh, their children, did not have uh, a cell phone handy because they're told to keep it in their lockers. Yep. And they are they wanted their children to have, you know, phones with them you know, whether it's turned off or whatever the situation, mm -hmm. but that if they needed to get a hold of their child, they could do that uh, in case of emergency. Yep. Well, that's kind of, it's kind of blown up uh, in a sense, bad term to use, but it's kind of grown, that movement's grown and our district is now deciding that secondary students next year will be able to bring cell phones okay. to uh, have them on, have them with them. And that is, uh, Teachers, especially within my district, are, are very concerned, especially in, in the middle school, which is grades six, seven, and eight. High school, I think it's it's happening more often. It's teachers are allowing it uh, for you know use in in their class. Yep. We're still coming up with the rules and regulations and expectations and and, and have it uh, within sixth, seventh, and eighth grade. Yep. And like I said, a lot of teachers are really concerned and scared about this. But it's something like this that makes me feel that I could, you know, try and, and use the cell phones to the maybe dismay and ire of the other teachers in my building, but to use it in a positive way. Yeah. And I, I think, and, and the big part of this is because you've written this in HTML5. Yep. So what's, I guess, what's the story? So sorry for the downer there, yeah. but I mean, it's, but I, I, I know, and I've been reading about it, that more and more districts, more and more schools are allowing cell phones. And one of the reasons is, is that because of security, because of things that have happened, you know, nationally in our country, uh, because of safety concerns. Yep. But now I want to turn my attention to the positives of why cell phones could be used in the classroom. So I guess explain the HTML5 and, and your purpose of, of putting it on this platform. Yeah, I mean, the whole kind of bring your own device thing. I guess over here is is less about the kind of the safety aspect. It's more about how can we use this to our advantage. How can we, like, uh, some, an individual smartphone or their smart device if they have tablets, etc., is the most personal device to them. And not no one device is the same because people use it in the way that they want. They'll install the apps that they want. And you know, if our kind of feeling is if we can use what what people are used to in their everyday life and bring that kind of you know that's why gaming is is very powerful and if we can kind of bring this to a place that they're used to 
and do it and deliver content and knowledge in in a way that is unique in the classroom, but perhaps not unique outside of the classroom. Um, that can be really powerful. And so, you know, I'm I'm a big my background is design. I'm a designer, um, experienced design, behavior design. And one of the big passions that we have is inclusive design. The idea of how can you design a product that can reach as many people as possible. And inclusive design isn't necessarily, you know, design products for elderly people or if it's a, a product for females, design it so that males can also use it. It's it's a whole range of stuff. It can have cultural differences, it can have economic differences. And so one of the biggest things we decided was we're not going to make this in iOS. We're not going to make it in Android because we're just going to alienate potentially lots of other people. Um, and also, you know, we're big kind of web people. We understand where the technology is heading. Um, and so building it in HTML5 was a massive deal for us. The idea that people can access this product, this platform from anywhere with a web browser. And and the, the technology that we're using, the real-time nature of these devices talking to the big screen and getting feedback straight away, that is really, really cutting edge. That It's only the last couple of years that you've really been able to do that properly. So we can see that if we've got this technology now, what's it going to be like in the future? It's going to be even better. And if mm -hmm. we can use that same technology to reach as many people as possible, and not just in the in in you know kind of UK and US but worldwide where in more developing countries they're they're building these kind of cheap tablets that are kind of more accessible to the people there that they never had before if we can reach as many people as that and have an impact then you know that that is why we choose that technology well and it's it's you know i think my district has looked at it looked at this the as in the the technology how how do we bring the content to the students yep. and have it in a way because i think the movement of the byod is really ed reach has talked about it for a while now yep ever since its inception and but it's i think it's really taking off and one of the main reasons is because of finances yeah and if you but i think a lot of kids they've asked can i can I bring my own device in? Do I have to use the school laptop? <laughs> you know, so the cost savings, uh, the cost savings of, of devices, the cost savings of of managing and taking care of those devices is reduced. And now we have, a, but the problem is you have multiple platforms. Exactly. So how do you go about creating something that is going to be used on multiple platforms and this does it and i think you know i saw evidence of it last night because the the students that were involved in the game that we did they pulled out their phone i mean it was just like okay this is this is easy yeah um you know and that's now the, the one fun part about my classroom is the fact that it doesn't get a signal <laughs> it doesn't get a signal at all. It doesn't get a cell signal. You lose it. But we allow students to get onto the uh, the school Wi-Fi. So that that is one area that kind of I can we can get covered. And I like this will be one that I hope to try and get approval to try uh, with with phones and such. And I think that will be a lot of fun. That would be great. I mean, when you mention also the kind of signal and connectivity, it is the single biggest challenge we have. Um, because 
it is a real-time product. You, you need, you have to have a, a, a solid infrastructure for it to truly work. It is developed to work over 3G and 4G as well. But if that, you know, you can't control. There's certain things you just can't control. Um, we've spent so much time really making the kind of the underlying technology as robust as possible. Um, and it's, you know. We're quite proud of the the very simple experience that sits on top of that technology. It's, there's very little steps to get into a game of Kahoot. It's it doesn't take too much uh, interaction with your device to create a course. right, um, and that's that's the background we come from of uh, user experience design. But um, when it comes to the the local infrastructure within a within a school. We can we know that at the moment, and this is tied in with bring your own device, and it's tied in with what technology people can afford. We know that over time technology gets cheaper, and and what 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 we have now becomes more accessible over a period of time, and that's the same with these kind of Wi-Fi networks. It's the same as it is with um, smart devices that students have as their own personal device, and you know what schools buy in for their own their own products. Right. And um, I feel very lucky because, and I think I have this right, and you, if it doesn't sound right, let me know, but I <laughs> think our district has a 300 megabyte uh, connection. That sounds okay, which awesome. is Which is good, but but actually it's it's kind of slow because we have like 24 buildings. Yeah. Um, this summer, uh, because we're part of a, a, a network running through central Illinois, mm -hmm. we've had fiber optics been have been added and we're going to jump up to 7.5 gigabytes oh wow yeah so yep. uh when we were talking about these cell phones and i was concerned about bandwidth and adding these devices to the yeah uh to the network and then they're just like this summer will be fine <laughs> i'm just like when they told me that i was like that is awesome that's music so, my ears as well <laughs> yeah and it's 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 just one of those things that I, we're moving along it's slow some areas are better than others, uh, but hopefully that can that can help out. Yeah, I mean, a lot. They're also along the kind of lines of bringing devices into classrooms that has just occurred to me. But I think it's like quite an important argument. I'm sure you guys have discussed this on your podcast before. Is is the actual use understanding the use for these devices in the classroom? I, w I remember I went to an event recently which was called iPads in the classroom. And there was a big debate at the end with everyone there. And I remember one guy saying to me, well, not saying to me, saying to the whole everyone there, he said, I don't understand the point of having iPads in the classroom. Have you ever tried to create a spreadsheet on an iPad? Hmm. And for me, that one sentence really sums up why it's maybe still a little bit of a barrier for people to understand the benefits of bringing these devices into the classroom. And it's not to replicate stuff that we've tried to do before. It's not to replicate a, a, a textbook into digital form. It's not to try and do your computing, you know, your more intensive computing on it. It's, it's These are unique new devices still in relative terms. And, and it's all about the delivering of content in, in new ways, more engaging ways. And that's kind of right. what we feel is 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 what, what Kahoot's doing. So, you know, I love using Excel. I love, you know, creating spreadsheets. Yep. Um, it's difficult on an iPad, but you know what? Somebody's going to come up with a way to interact with a spreadsheet differently than what we are used to. Exactly, exactly. It's a new device. It's going to have a new way of interacting with it. I'm, I'm, Just I'm because out. you can't do it right now very cleanly doesn't mean that it won't be able to do that down the road. And, and for now, 
you shouldn't be using iPads for spreadsheets. <laughs> no, it's, no. I've, I've read stories about schools getting rid of all of their computers and replacing them with tablets, and they just like no. I just wonder who makes these these decisions. <laughs> it's not us. <laughs> it's not the three of us because that would never happen. Uh, yeah, I, I agree. One one other barrier that I, I'm questioning, and I, I want to make sure that uh, I have an answer. Now, my students, uh, we're very tied down or, or blocked uh, to the outside world in certain ways. They do have email addresses, but they cannot receive them from the outside. Okay. Is there is there a way around that? Do you have a way around that? Uh, I'm hoping that will that barrier will barrier will drop in the future. Yeah. I mean, we're doing we're doing lots of investigation into this. Um, at the moment, we just have one account type. Um, and obviously, we want students to sign up. Students generally have student IDs in their schools, things like this. Um, and there are also lots of amazing tools that you can tie in with, which are trying to solve the whole login issue um, with educational products, because there's a whole thing around privacy, of course, as well. Um, and so we're, we're still looking into that. We're still exploring options. But okay. we we want to find a solution which is going to allow people i mean it's all right with university students and of course right. corporate they can log in with facebook if they want to yeah um, high school yeah you know you, you get to a certain age you're not dealing with uh the laws as much as you are with somebody below the age of 13 yeah here in the united states at least yeah no exactly the same over here and and so we're exploring all these different options one thing we've done at the moment is um we just give an entire class one login and they, the, the teacher gives that, that same login to all the students and they can just create it under that one login. Um, and then they can see, they can also see all of their classmates' content that they're creating and play all of that. And so, also they can edit and delete at somebody else's well, <laughs> content, yeah, I'm guessing. You too. have some uh, mischievous young... Yeah, yeah, that, that <laughs> happens well, every once in a while. Uh, okay, I think that's... I'm looking at my list here. I, I think the one last thing that we want to mention is that uh, I think this is very nice of you to sign up for the beta. Uh, you're giving us a, a priority code of EdGamer. Yeah, so it's a field on the form. That's that's going to be great. So I will put the link in the show notes, but it's basically beta.getkahoot, K-A-H-O-O-T dot com. And you put that in your web browser address bar and then get to the site and then you'll put in put in your information and then use a priority code of edgamer and then that way they can track the five people that sign up from edgamer <laughs> onto kahoot thanks, so mom. we'd appreciate it. thanks mom <laughs> um, appreciate it. I, I think i think that'll be very interesting to see uh the interest here you know at first i was kind of i saw a video um uh, i got an email from dan and from some others about kahoot and i'm just like because it's getting to the point, I'm probably getting an email, several emails a day saying, hey, can you try out this? Can you try out that? Of course, yeah. And it's starting to get a little <laughs> overwhelming. <laughs> but, uh, and I was just like, okay, I'll take a look at this. I'll sign up, you know. But now that I've, I've gotten into it, now I'm realizing the uh, impact and the effectiveness that, that this tool can have. And I'm excited to use it. So uh, I'm hoping, our list, hoping that our listeners out there will uh, check it out and, and feel the same way. Yeah, that's I mean, that's great to hear. 
and thanks thanks for having us on to explain it. Well, thank you for uh, joining us and thank you for coming on and explaining it, <laughs> but also uh, giving us access to it, which I think is is very nice of you. Jerry? I'm good. You're good? Thank you so much for coming on. No worries. Thank you. Yep. Thank you for listening to this week's EdGamer podcast. Please follow us on edreach.us and also follow... Uh, Jerry, what in the world? Please follow us on edreach.us and also follow the great podcasts and blog posts on the EdReach network. Have a great week. Kahoot! Kahoot! <laughs> Love it.